1 Peter 2, 9, But you, the church, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Everybody say, thank God. You know, thank God for the light. Uh, you know, if we were sitting here tonight and there was no light in here, you know, you'd hear me, but you wouldn't be able to see. And so, you know, a lot of people in the body of Christ, I believe, even though they're born again, it says that their eyes can be blinded to the truth. And we talked about how in Ephesians 1, it says that the eyes of our understanding, everybody say my understanding, would be enlightened to what is the hope and what is the truth. And it goes on and talks about everything that Jesus Christ provided for us. But, you know, sometimes the eyes of our understanding are not enlightened. When I was first saved, the eyes of my understanding were not enlightened. And when the Lord first took me to that scripture and told me to begin to pray it over my life every day, I didn't even know that one was in there. But I can tell you for certain, as I prayed that, the word works. And my eyes began to be enlightened to some things that all I knew was denominational uh, doctrine. I didn't know a living Jesus. I didn't know how it applied to me personally. And God wants the church to be relevant. You know, it's not like you go to church and hear a sermon and go out and say, well, that was nice. You know, heaven will be great. It's like, I can live life this week because I know what God's provided for me. So this teaching um, is really about covenant language, not just the covenant that we have, but the language of that covenant. And I shared on Sunday how when I go to Mexico and I preach in Mexico or any foreign country for that matter, but I equate it to Mexico because I go there every year and I've been there several times, they speak in Spanish. Some of you experience that if you work somewhere and you have a lot of Hispanic people at your work. You know, when they get excited, they stop speaking the English that they know and they immediately go back to Spanish. How many of you found that? And when my sister-in-law is here from South Africa, when my brother is doing something she doesn't like, she immediately switches to Afrikaans because none of us know what the world she just said when my brother's in trouble. So, you know, uh, a foreign language, a foreign language, unless you know it, you just stand there and listen to a lot of noise, but you have no clue what is said. And the Lord took me back to that and said, you know, when you go to Mexico, if you really want to learn the language, they say you should go to language school. And language school lasts 10 months or 12 months or you can go in three-month increments. But you have to then be immersed in it, which means you have to be somewhere where they're going to speak it all the time to you or you'll forget it again. And, and the Lord equated that with me, to me of the church. You know, people who are in church on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, still remember the language. But by Wednesday, if they aren't really in, immersed in that language, they start saying anything they want to say. And they immediately step out of covenant. Because they're not agreeing with God. You know, when I counsel people sometimes, I say, you know what? If you really want Jesus to set you free, you've got to tell the truth. You can't sit here and tell me some story. You can't sit here and tell me something that's happening in your life and it's not true. Because you are holding hands with the enemy and you want God to deliver you. It just won't happen. Now, are you saved? We talked about that on Sunday. Yes, because if you know Jesus, you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. That's in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And you might make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not in right standing with God and you're saved. You're saved. You're going to heaven. However, the blessing, you just got right out from underneath the umbrella of blessing. And so now it's raining on you. And you are wet, and it doesn't feel good. And that's because you have gotten into that, you've gone back into darkness. Everybody say, back into darkness. See, anytime you're not walking in the light, you're walking in the darkness. It's light or it's dark. You know, and in our nation, we want everything now to be kind of like gray. We don't want light, we don't want dark. We kind of want whatever makes everybody feel good, so we'll just call that gray. Everybody say, there is no gray. There's no gray in the kingdom of God. So if you, if you allow gray, if you begin to say, well, God is in this situation, but he's not in this situation, then what you end up doing is making it where if you're believing for healing, but you think God makes people sick, why would you pray to get healed? Sickness is a good thing if God makes you that way. Why are you trying to get away from something God made you? Everybody say, that's a lie. It's not truth. It's not covenant. It is not covenant. So sickness and disease, when they come near us, we refuse it because it's not part of our covenant. And tonight we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus, you know, that uh, that is what secured our covenant. We're, we're going to talk briefly about it and how the blood of Jesus gave to us 
um, the ability to live above every single circumstance that's in this world. Because we're not of this world. That's what we read on Sunday, John 17. We're in it, but we're not of it. Amen? Amen. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis uh, 15, 7, we're going to just take a moment and look at covenant in the Old Covenant. Now, the Bible's divided between Old Testament and New Testament. That is simply Old Covenant, New Covenant. We talked Sunday how we're not under the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was filled, fulfilled uh, by the blood of Jesus. So let's look at uh, Genesis 15 and see what God had in mind. We know in Genesis 12, God spoke to Abraham and told him to get out from his father's house. Said he was going to make him a great nation, take him to a land that he'd never been to. I'm paraphrasing for time's sake. But he said, out of all of that, I will bless you. I will bless you. And not just bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who curses you. Everybody say, that's a blessing. So the Abrahamic covenant was just a blessed covenant. And so we're going to look at uh, Genesis 15. And this is what it says. Uh, and I'm going to read from 1 through 8. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abraham said, or Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir. He's talking there about uh, Ishmael. But one who will come from your own body will be your heir, which we know later was Isaac. Then he brought him outside and said, this is God bringing him outside, and he says, Look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now, you know, Abraham says, you know, that's impossible. I mean, wouldn't that look impossible to you? He's just said, you know, I have no child. And God has said, the child that you have is not the child that all of these descendants are going to come from. And so he takes him outside and shows him this. And he believed, it says, Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, God said to, to Abram, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, the Chaldeans, to give you this land to inherit it. This is the part I want you to look at right now. And Abram said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And it says, well, if you do everything right, we'll probably let you have it. Does your Bible say that? Because you're so special, da 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 No, it doesn't say that, does it? He immediately spoke covenant. This is what he said. He said to him, God said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Everybody say covenant language. Immediately, God did not talk about Abram. He didn't talk about how he was gonna, what he was going to do, the order of how it was going to happen. How many times have you said to God, How do I know you're going to do this? And we want him to say, Well, on Sunday, I'm going to do this. And on next Thursday, I'm going to do this. And on Friday, you know, God doesn't say that. What he did here immediately was he cut a covenant. That's, you know what he was saying? I am bigger than you. And I am about to enter into a covenant with you. That, and that's why. Everybody say, that's why. You're going to inherit it. This has nothing to do with you. And so, I'm not, I don't have time to teach on all of that tonight, but he entered into covenant. It goes on and it says um, in uh, chapter 17 that God um, says in... Um, 17.1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. God's promise. Do you remember in the story of Moses in Exodus 3, when he said to God, same thing, covenant language, everybody say covenant language. When, when uh, Moses, God called on Moses, and you know Moses was all about... <laughs> how he couldn't do it or what about me I mean Moses immediately looked to himself he said what about me I mean I can't and if you read it it uh, he says in um, let me find it for you I love the answer the Lord gives him oh it's in verse 11 of Exodus 3 he says Moses said to God who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt there's a lot of I in that sentence 
or that, that scripture verse. And this is what God says. So God said, I will certainly be with you. He didn't say anything about who he was. He didn't say anything about who Abram was. He said, I will certainly be with you. Everybody say covenant language. Covenant, covenant language. Covenant language. Now, the, the word covenant is a binding agreement between two or more parties, especially for the performance of some action, a contract, or a pledge. Like, like Corey just told us, he and Pastor Dan entered into a covenant, a contract. And, and usually, usually in a covenant or a contract, there's someone who has something to offer somebody else. That's th something they don't have. You know, like Corey didn't have a house. Dan had a house. And so he said, listen, you know, I will rent you my house. Well, the good news with God is he's everything. That's what he was saying to Moses. I will certainly be with you. He never did tell Moses what he had to offer. Why? Because Moses didn't have anything to offer. The only time he got upset with Moses is when he kept being persistent about his inability. Why was God upset about that? Because it wasn't about him. He wasn't talking covenant language to God. He was trying to say what he could do. And God said, that's not covenant language. It's what I'm going to do for you. Because I love you. If, you. if you look at Matthew 1.23, when Jesus was coming into the earth, what did they say we're going to call him? Emmanuel, God with us. What is that? Covenant language. What was God saying? I am going to cut a covenant with anybody who will get involved. And when they get involved, I will be their God and they will be my people. And so when you go to the Lord and you begin to say, well, why would you ask me? He doesn't want to hear that. Turn to your neighbor and say, he doesn't want to hear that. He just wants to say, be it done to me according to your word. See, that's what Mary said when he showed up on her porch. We talked on Sunday about how the virgin birth is a stumbling block for many people. But the virgin birth is covenant language. It had to be pure blood. Everybody say pure blood. And Jesus came to give his pure blood. And so his name, Emmanuel, says God with us. What that means is I am going to open a door for you that got closed in the Garden of Eden. And now I will abide with you forever. Everybody say covenant language. So everywhere you walk, he walks with you. Now you may say, well, I can't see him. Well, Corey, we can't see it in the natural. But we don't live in the natural. Remember, we are not of this world. Remember? And so, as we look tonight, we're going to talk about faith. Everybody say faith. I want you to turn to John 14. This is a promise from God that maybe you've never seen, if most of you know, or have, if you've studied the Word of God. In John 14, Jesus is preparing His disciples for Him leaving the earth uh, for His crucifixion. And He begins in 14, and that's where He says, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. And then He talks about the Holy Spirit. If you'll turn with me to John 14, and real quickly, let's look at um, uh, verse 19. Now, he's told them, I'm going to send you the helper. He's the spirit of truth. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then he goes on and says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Well, how are they going to see him? How are they going to see him? Because I will live, because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Everybody say covenant language. Now listen to this. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest. Everybody say manifest. Manifest myself to him. Now let me give you in the Strong's uh, what that means means in the uh, Greek. A combination of in or in and phaino to cause to shine. To cause to shine. God is going to shine through. He's going to shine himself. He's going to be a light. He's going he's to show you things. That's why I had to sing that song tonight that the Lord had given me. Light of my way. One of the first scriptures the Lord gave me when he was healing me was Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know why he gave me that? Because I was fearful. Not because I thought everything counted on what I did. I didn't realize it all counted on what he did. Once I found that out, I entered into covenant. You know, I believe the church is in covenant, but I don't know that the church knows they're in covenant. They know they're saved, 
But their language, you know, your language reflects where you're from. You know, I mean, really, we speak English. And when we go in any foreign country, they know right away we're American. Because we speak English. We even have funny accents from different parts of, of our country. They, in foreign countries, they can kind of tell, you know, where, where people come from. Well, you know, if, if I run into somebody and they're speaking Spanish, I know they come from some nation that's an Hispanic nation. You know, and so we're known by our language. I believe a lot of believers aren't known to be believers because their language doesn't indicate they're part of that kingdom. And the sad part of it is it's not so much what other people think, it's what we believe. And our language kind of gives us away sometimes. I think it was Josh McDowell who wrote a book, Is There Enough Evidence to Convict You? <laughs> Thank God. By the words of our mouth, we could be convicted. Amen? So, he wants to manifest himself. It says, thus to appear, to come, to view, to reveal, exhibit, make visible, make visible, present oneself to the side of another, be conspicuous. That's what Jesus wants to, to do. He wants to be conspicuous. He wants to shine a light so great in us that it's just really real to us that he is who he says he is. Just like when, he, when the Lord, you can say, Dan, Peter walked in, in Pastor... Um, Corey's office, but really God walked in. Everybody say, God walked in. Covenant walked in. Is, is Dan Peter born again? Yes. Does the Spirit of God live in him? Yes. And when he walked through that door, who do you think gave him that house? God. And God spoke to him to go see Corey for a season. See, that's covenant. Everybody say, that's covenant. It, it, that's, God wants us to focus on those kind of things. That's a manifestation of God being who God says he is. Isn't it I always exciting? Oh, how it, I love it. I get excited all by myself in my car. And then today, this is, this is a good example of God. You know, I don't always read the sports page, but I picked this up. And I saw the Raiders. And since my son, or her son John there, he works there, and uh, he's a Raider. Daniel's a Raider. Now I'm a Raider. Bill's still a Bronco. <laughs> but he's sitting on the Raider's side. <laughs> so he doesn't say too much over there. But I want to read you. Everybody say language. And I, I just read this article. And, and God just said to me, listen to that language. And I thought, well, if you weren't a, a, a basketball person, or you weren't a sports enthusiast, you know, this is, this is how they describe something. After a sluggish first quarter, when the Raiders led by 14-10, they put the game away. You know, if you didn't know anything, you'd say they did what? They got, you know, they put the ball game away? They put the ball away? What did they put away? Sluggish. Were they all tired? You know, did they give up? I don't know. And uh, with a 12-0 run to take a 32-17 advantage and a half. Listen to this one. Harrison pushed its cushion. <laughs> you know, are they on the floor? What's, what's that mean? Everybody say language. See, I mean, you gotta, you got to be, be an interpreter or figure out what happened at the ball game. Push their cushion to 44-21 following a 10-point run fueled. I mean, did they have an explosion? I mean, somebody poured gas on the place? I don't know. Fueled by nine points from Withers and a senior, for, a senior forward. Now, do you see that? I mean, now I read the paper. Do you know, see, that's the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. I'm reading the paper and God said, look at that language. Look at that language. See, that language says something. You know, I don't know exactly all it says. When, when, Chris, when I showed it to Crystal, she said, push the cushion. We didn't ever do that in basketball. Because <laughs> I was showing her. <laughs> but anyway, now this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. I'm just going to give you a little lesson here for me anyway. I'm reading this paper about this boy. I don't even know this boy. But it says, coach. Everybody say, coach. Now, you know, this boy's playing basketball. He doesn't know it, but he's in covenant with the coach because the coach is in charge. Just buck the coach and you'll be sitting on the bench. Everybody say, the coach is in charge. The way this coach sounds. I mean, I don't think you'd be messing with him very long. Coach has been telling me the last week because, of my, because my shot has been off. You know, if this was a foreigner, they'd say, shot? You know, if they don't know basketball, shot. You know, he didn't say my basketball shot. just a shot. My shot has been off. To focus. Everybody say focus. This is a good word for all of us. To focus on the front prongs of the rim. Focus on a small target. And God said to me, you're focusing on too big a target, Pam. Get your eyes back on the one I told you to keep it on. 
How many of you ever gotten distracted by everything going on around you? The other day I was in the park and, and I was having kind of a hard day and um, and the Lord gave me this this He just gave me this scripture that we're going to talk about. It's it's called uh, through patience and faith we inherit the promises. And uh, patience, when I finally got to it, was endurance. Everybody say endurance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in Hebrews it talks about endurance. Now I'm clear off my message. See, this happens to me every time. But i got to show you this. Endurance. It says that it describes the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances. How many of you got a few of those? Not with a passive complacency, but with a hopeful fortitude. Everybody say hopeful fortitude. Now the world might say guts. You know, just going to get through it. That actively resist weariness and defeat. Actively resist. The Lord said, you need a, a hopeful fortitude. So you can actively resist weariness and defeat. See, when we get so focused on everything, we lose sight of our covenant. Everybody say covenant. Isn't that true? It seems like there's so many things now we've lost sight of who's really in charge. It's the Bible says we're to focus on Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith Hebrews 12 1 and that we're to run our race with endurance while we're focusing on that little thing Jesus you know that small just don't look to the right or the left stay right on it that's covenant everybody say covenant now it talks about Abraham how he called those things which are not as though they were you know that scripture Romans four seventeen. I think we have it up there you know God uh God promised him a son. He promised him that all the descendants of the earth would be blessed through him. And God is a covenant-keeping God. So, it says that God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Abraham does, did exactly that. And if, if you'll just turn to that scripture in Romans, I want to read to you just the end of that story in 4.17. It says, He did not... Um, after 17, who contrary to hope and hope believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. When was it spoken? In the covenant. Everybody say in the covenant. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. Everybody say weak in faith. Now this is a key tonight. Weak in faith. Everybody say weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. Why did he not consider his own body? Because it wasn't about his body. It was about his covenant. Everybody say covenant. See, it wasn't about his body. It wasn't about Sarah's body. It was about his covenant. And so he didn't consider that. And, and, and that was saying, not being weak in faith. You will be weak in faith if you consider your ability. See, that's not covenant. And so he could not do that. And, and it goes on and he says, since he was about a hundred, you'd be a little, you know, concerned about that probably. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, if you were going to have a baby, if you were thinking about you. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Everybody say, strengthened in faith. If you're going to walk in covenant, it requires faith. Everybody say, it requires faith. You know, uh, in Genesis 22, 8, when, when uh, God told him to take his son, the one that was the promised son, to the mountain and sacrifice. You know, there was going to be a sacrifice. And you know what, you know what he said? God will provide for himself. Everybody say that. God will provide for himself. See, he took his son, and before he went to that mountain, he said to the people, he left them behind, and he said, in the mount, God will provide for himself. In other words, I'm not responsible. This is God's deal. He was going to make a sacrifice to the Lord, but he said, even the sacrifice was God's responsibility. Because he knew who, was, who his covenant was with. And that's the way he wants us to walk as a church. That we don't question based on our ability. And I believe the church is maybe a little behind in getting to where we need to go because we so often look at ourselves rather than at our covenant. God's a covenant-keeping God. So we have to walk by faith. You know, in Matthew uh, 6, 9, uh, Jesus taught us how to call forth the promises. And, and that's the, the Lord's Prayer. They say the Lord's Prayer. Y'all know, know the Lord's Prayer. But uh, it, I just want to read to you the very first part. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on, 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 as it is in heaven. What was he saying? What was he saying? Let the covenant that I have with you, Father, be revealed in the earth. 
He said, and this is the way you pray. You pray like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know tonight I can't give you all the scriptures, but if you look through the Gospels, you're going to find where he said, if, if you uh, bind, what you bind on earth is bound in? Yeah. What you loose on earth is loosed in? See, he, that's, everybody say that's covenant language. But if you don't understand that, and you, you, haven't, you, know, you haven't let that get in your heart, don't have the revelation, you're not going to be calling forth what you need to call forth. And Abraham, he called forth the thing that God promised him because he believed God. And it says it was counted to him for righteousness. And then it says in 1 John 5, 14, 15, you know, if we pray anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. This is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. Why do we have confidence? Because of covenant. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then it goes on to say, now, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. You know, we have to speak the language that heaven understands. Everybody say it's covenant language. If you're going to pray, you've got to pray covenant language. you got to pray. I love the scripture in Matthew with Lazarus at the tomb. You know, he's outside the tomb. And, you know, the, the people are all there. And, you know, there have been all this, you know, if you were here, it wouldn't have happened. And all these different scenarios. And he stands out there and he says, this is what Jesus says when he starts to pray. Thank you, Father, that you hear me. Why was he able to say that? Because of covenant. And I'm only doing this for them. <laughs> Not because of me, but because of them. What if the church only did what they did because of the other people knowing full well that God was going to do what he was going to do? Hallelujah. We'd have revival in the grocery store. We'd have revival in... I mean, we almost had revival in the courtroom the other morning. I was in the courtroom. Hallelujah. Taking Jesus to the courtroom. Not on purpose, huh, Marie? We wish we weren't there, but we've been in and out of there several times. And uh, everybody say, call those things that are not as though they were. There was a woman there, to make a long story very short, sitting next to me. She was waiting to hear about her daughter. And um, Marie and I were sitting there. And she started, she got very upset because the thing got postponed again. And she said, I have breast cancer. I am in chemotherapy. My daughter is in jail. My son is in jail. I am taking radiation. I cannot come here from Crawfordsville and keep getting counseled. And I looked at her and I thought, you know what? This is hopeless. But then, I remember covenant. So I said, would you like for me to pray for you? Right in the courtroom. I mean, I got people handcuffing. Remember, they handcuffed the wrong guy? And um, <laughs> Anyway, that people are handcuffing people. There's police. There's a, there's a judge who's now left the courtroom. I mean, it was quite a morning, wasn't it? Wow. And so, but I, I reached over and started praying for her. And tears got in her eyes. Everybody say covenant. See, when you operate in the covenant, you, you're not thinking about who am I sitting in this courtroom. All you can think of is this lady needs Jesus. And what I have, such as I have, that I give. And you can't put you in jail yet for, for doing that. I want to tell you, it's time for the church to stand up. Because, it, you know, we're not far from Christians being persecuted to the point we're not going to be able to speak. But if we stand up and we walk in covenant, God will prove himself every time. He will prove himself every time because he's a covenant God. And he says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Everybody say a prayer of faith. A prayer, a prayer of faith. That's in James 5, 15. The other scripture was John eleven forty one, where he said, Thank you that you've heard me. All right, this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Everybody say covenant language. You know, some people might say, well, are, is the whole church blind? They can't walk by sight? I mean, they can't have to walk. No, we're not blind. We can see perfectly well that the world has nothing to offer. So therefore, we walk by faith and not by sight. What is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you know what the Lord just shared with me? Covenant language is the substance. Everybody say, covenant language is the substance. When you speak it, you hear it, you believe it. It starts to get in your heart. It's a promise from God, and it is guaranteed by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus secured the covenant. 
Not the blood of animals that Abraham experienced. Why will you inherit the promises? Because of the blood of Jesus. Everybody say the blood of Jesus. So you walk by faith in the blood of Jesus. And so you begin to speak the language that brings about those things in the earth. Now, um, the Lord has really been speaking to me, Hebrews 6, about this. Because in October, um, I was just having some situations that I really needed God to speak to me about some things. And next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share on um, Jesus secured your right of redemption. Everybody say, right of redemption. Now, you do not want to miss this because there's things that belong to you. Things that God prepared for you. And you have a right of redemption through the covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? But it says in Hebrews 6, and this is the scripture that I said a while ago. It says that um, in, in verse 11, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish. Oh, they know the word that the, the basketball people know. Look at that. God knew that word. I just saw that. Now let's see what sluggish it tells about it. Lazy. So if we substitute after a lazy first quarter, that's according to the Word of God. Okay? Hallelujah. You can learn every day. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate. Everybody say imitate. Imitate, imitate those who through faith and patience. Patience. That's that hopeful, hopeful fortitude that actively resists that I told you about earlier, defeat and weariness. See, by faith and patience. So I'm only preaching to myself tonight. I'm just glad you guys came. Okay. We'll inherit the promises. Everybody say inherit the promises. That means we'll walk in covenant. That's what that means. That's what promises are. They're the covenant. They're not just some goofy thing God dreamed up to give you if you perform. Jesus already did it. Why do you have a covenant? Because of the blood of Jesus. See, it's not your performance. God isn't like that. He set it into motion. This is the way it is. Every believer has the opportunity to take advantage of it. Because he's, he's given it to us. That belongs to us. We have to make right choices. Everybody say right choices. Now turn to Philippians 3. This is what the Lord spoke to me in October. In, in a couple of situations. Some of you heard me share just a little bit about it last week or a couple weeks ago. I was in the park and I was praying and, uh, and, and I was praying in Psalm 65, 11, I think it says um, that our paths drip with abundance. Everybody say drip. Wow. Isn't that powerful? It says, you crown the year with your goodness. And in, if you understand, that means you, it's a harvest. And your paths drip with abundance. Well, in October is harvest time. So I was saying, oh God, my paths drip with abundance. How can I get the dripping to where I can see it? Have any of you ever felt that way before? It's dripping, but I can't see it. But I believe the word. And this is what I heard. I was praying. I was praying in the Holy Ghost and I prayed with my understanding. And I, this is what came out. Lord, that I would be able to lay hold of all of your promises. I thought, lay hold of? I mean, I said that out my mouth and then I, I said, what, what, what's that? And I heard this, Philippians 3. And I heard this, I pressed toward the mark. And I thought, that doesn't say that. It says, I pressed toward the mark of the high calling. If you'll turn there, you'll read it. This is what I was thinking. I pressed toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. That's the scripture that I thought of. But if you read verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say, press on. That I may lay hold of. Now, this is the important part. Lay hold of what? Of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He laid hold of me and brought me into covenant. Now there's a whole lot of things I'm supposed to be laying hold of. And I lay hold of them, he said, by covenant language. Everybody say covenant language. See, you begin to speak like God speaks. You begin to speak like Jesus spoke. Did he not speak? I mean, he talked to mountain. He said you could talk to a mountain. Now you say that to some people, and they'll look at you like you fell off a truck. But you know what? It's covenant language. Everybody say it's covenant language. See, it could read in the paper, and the people of Victory Christian Center have been speaking to mountains. 
I told you, Priscilla, that church is crazy. They're speaking to mountains over there. And they're cursing trees. Can you believe that? They're cursing trees. Cursing trees that don't bear fruit. I've never heard of such a thing. This, this is a crazy church. Everybody say it's covenant. And it's not a crazy church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cursed the fig tree. And then he proceeded to say, And you can too have faith in God. Speak to your mountain. And it will be removed. Cast into the sea. And do not doubt. Do not doubt. Do not doubt. The only way you can doubt is if you start looking at yourself. Because you can't make the mountain go into the sea. I mean, Jesus spoke covenant language. He said, that tree and barren fruit, I curse it. If you read Mark 11, you come back the next day, and they go, look there. That tree he cursed is dead. You know, John, do you see that? Peter, you know, he'd be excited about something like that. You know, Peter, he always was excited about anything like that. Well, you know, God taught his son to speak his language. Jesus said, only thing I do is what my father shows me to do. Only what my Father says to do. And so we as a church are supposed to be imitators of that to inherit the promises by faith and patience. Everybody say patience. Now I'm going to give you the definition for lay hold of it. It's, it's to, uh, comp the word comprehend is the way it's, it's translated in the Greek, but it's uh, to seize, to lay hold of, or to overcome. And it's what Jesus told his disciples. You know, he spoke covenant language. You remember in Matthew 10, uh, he said to them, I think it's where he calls them to go out, and he says, uh, as you go in verse 7 of Matthew 10, as you go preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everybody say covenant. Covenant is at hand. Covenant is at hand. Covenant is at hand because the kingdom of God is supported by the covenant. And he's saying covenant, this is what he says. Everybody say this is covenant language. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Everybody say covenant language. Did he not say it to all of us the same? Mark chapter 16. You'll read it right there. And you know what the last verse of that chapter says? Of 16? And God working with them. Everybody say covenant language. What was he saying? I'm going to do it through you. Just move. Just move. Now, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm braver than I used to be. But even in the courtroom, I was a little hesitant to start praying for this lady because there was so much activity and so many people around. But, you know, it just, it was like, that just went like that away from me. It didn't last that long. You know, is this the place? It wasn't like, forget that. This may be the only time I get with this woman. And I took her name down. And I took her daughter's name down. Didn't get her son's because she didn't tell me that till the last minute. But I, I took her name down. And, and, and I've got it in my daytimer. You know, we have been given the authority and dominion of God in the earth to speak and call those things that are not as though they are. To lay hold of somebody's healing. To begin to declare it and decree it. Are you going to see it the first time you do it? Maybe not. But does that have anything to do with it? You're not the healer. You're the speaker. Okay, now we overcome darkness with light. Everybody say light. Now I think this is interesting. Turn to John 1. Uh, this morning when I was looking at this word comprehend, or uh, yeah, to comprehend, to seize, to lay hold of, this is what it says in John 1. And I've read John 1 lots of times. This is where the person who led me to Jesus took me my, my very first time in the Word of God with her. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How many of you ever heard that? That's John 1.1. 1, 1. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, through Jesus. And without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light. Everybody say the light. The light of men. What did Jesus say in John chapter 14, verse 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. That song that the Lord had given me. He said, I am your light. I, you are my love. You are my light. You light my way. Everybody say, covenant lights the way. Covenant lights the way. And the light, he said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not comprehend it. Now, if you're going to be a covenant person, 
You're going to be walking by faith and people are not going to understand you. Okay? They can't comprehend it. They can't, they can't lay hold of it. They can't seize it. They can't, they can't get a hold of it. Just like I couldn't on the day the Lord said that the, the, this girl introduced me to Jesus. You know, she said, I'm going to pray with you. And if you will receive Jesus, your life will be changed forever. I thought there is nothing that can fix this mess that I'm in. I was, in the, I was divorced. I was in the middle of a second divorce. It, my whole life was just upside down everywhere. I thought, you know, one little prayer and you're going to, you know, that's going to fix my life. But I'm here to tell you, fix my life. Everybody say, fixed my life too. It did. Now, you didn't have full revelation because you had the light, but it wasn't shining in all those dark places yet. How many of you know you the searchlight of the Holy Spirit? You just think He's all done, and then He goes, and you go, not that. You know, how many of you had God do that to you? I have God do that to me still, all the time. That won't work, Pam. If you want to walk in covenant, that has to stop. Well, I have the ability, through Christ, to say no to sin. Remember on Sunday we talked about it? Sin has no dominion over me because of covenant. Because of the blood of Jesus. No dominion. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8. So, it goes on, it says, uh, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. Everybody say the true light. Jesus was the true light. Which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him but as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of the blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God. Everybody say, I've been born again. See, and when you were born again, a light came on on the inside of you. And the scriptures changed from darkness to light. You know, I was a wonderful Methodist. But you know, I didn't know the Word of God. I knew the Apostles' Creed. I didn't know why that I believed in the Holy Catholic Church. It said I did, so I did. I confessed it every Sunday. Had no clue. See, if you are not allowing the light to shine in the dark places, you're not ever going to have a revelation. Everybody say, I have the light. I need to let it shine. See, and the way you let the light of God shine is to realize God is not wanting to hurt you. He's wanting to heal you. He's wanting to deliver you. He's wanting to set you free. So he'll shine the light. You know, uh, we speak covenant language and we dispel darkness. If, and if you don't believe that, how many of you have ever been, woke up in the night and you're just... This fear just tries to overcome you. But you begin to pray in tongues. Or you begin to speak the word. What happens? That thing starts pushing away. Why? Because the light is pushing the darkness out. Everybody say, covenant is pushing out the lie of the devil. See, that's what he's doing. The devil comes and he lies. The, the devil has no covenant with you. He has nothing. He has nothing in you, the Bible says. Because of Jesus Christ. So he has no right to be in your, in your house. Ephesians 5.8. I think I have that. Do I have that one up there? No. I'm going to read it to you. This is what it says about us as believers. Ephesians 5.8. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. What does that mean? Walk in covenant and speak covenant language. Now, um... I want you to turn to John 8.39. Jesus uh, spoke directly to religion. Everybody say religion. And this is what he said to uh, the Jews. He said this to God's chosen people in verse 37 of John 8. And we talked about Abraham. You know, he's father Abraham. And it says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And they said, he said, I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Everybody say, he's talking covenant. See, he's talking about his father. And he does. You know, he, he speaks what he has seen with my father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. 
Now they're upset. And Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. What was he saying? You would speak those things that are not as though they are. You would speak covenant language. And you are not speaking it. And therefore I identify you as the father. Your father is the... What does he finally say? Let's look. Because he, he's telling them, you're like your father. And uh, he said, but... But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this, and you do the deeds of your father. Little, little F, not a big, not a capital F. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication, we have one father, God. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Why do you not understand my language? Why do you not understand what I'm saying? Why are you not understanding what I'm doing? Why are you not understanding? And what he finally says to them is, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my words. And then he says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him when he speaks. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Everybody say, bad news. <laughs> I mean, this is bad news. These people get really mad. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And I, if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Everybody say covenant language. Everybody who, who knows God hears God. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. It's awfully quiet in the church. Everybody say, I hear God. <laughs> Quickly, everybody say, I hear God. Now, you know, that's covenant language. Everybody say covenant language. We're going to talk about that more next week. You know, you hear from God. Now, if you say that to a lot of people in the church, in the church world, they're going to say, and just who do you think you are anyway? You hear from God, right? You hear from God. Well, John 10, 10 says that I hear from God. And if you don't hear from God, John 8 says, you don't know God. Now that will start a huge problem. But everybody say it's the truth. Because there is a language that God speaks. And it's right here. The word of God is truth. If we live the word, we will be blessed. If we don't, we won't. It's just that simple. Why? Because there's one thing that's consistent with Old Covenant. You want to know what? I saw this. I read the Old Covenant. I have said to God, could you just make these chapters go faster? Have you ever thought that? In the, I mean, some of those chapters. But, you know, I had to ask Him to forgive me because I have really learned something. The only thing that really upsets God, you, it, it, this really upsets God, is when we do not believe He made a covenant with us and he's going to do it. If you study Old Covenant, that was the thing that got those people in trouble all the time. He would promise them something, and they did not believe him. And then the enemy would come in, beat them up, and then they'd cry out, and he'd say, oh, they're crying out, i got to go help them. God's not mean. He just wants us to believe him. And the way we know we believe him is by what we say. Hi, we're glad to have you here tonight. This is your first time, isn't it? Welcome. What's your name? Amber? It's good to have you, Amber. God cares about every single person on the face of the earth. He is not out to get anybody. He's not looking to get rid of anybody. God wants to embrace everybody. That's what He wants to do. And that's what He wants His church to do. You don't have to be afraid of embracing someone who might get your job. Everybody say, that's jealousy. That's not covenant language. If God be for you, who can be against you? If you're supposed to have the job, you'll have it. Why? Because my God, my God, He said He would give me everything that I had need of. Psalm 138.8 says He'll perfect everything that concerns me. I don't have to be fearful of you, fearful of anything. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Everybody say covenant language. But that's not language everybody understands. I want to ask you this. It says in Romans 1, 16, 17, that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, not ashamed. Not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the power. Everybody say, the power. 
Why is it power? Because it's covenant. And God will never go back on what he says. So it has power. The power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You won't find a lot about faith in the Old Covenant. It talks about belief, but not a lot about faith. Faith came with the New Covenant. Faith in the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Everybody say this. Good thing He came. Yeah, good thing He came for all of us. I have two questions for you. These are the two questions I felt the Lord told me to ask. You answer them. Are you walking in the light? Are you dispelling darkness? Next week we're going to talk about your right to redemption. Jesus secured your right to redemption. Everywhere the sole of our foot touches, we possess the land. Why? Because we are the light. And we dispel darkness. Because of who we are? Never. Because of who He is. Amen. Please stand with me, Father. I thank you tonight for the light. I thank you for the love of God. I thank you for the, the peace that comes from knowing you. I thank you for every person that's come tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that as we look at these uh, four teachings on covenant language, that our hearts will be encouraged. And that we will begin to really take hold of everything that you've prepared for us. You do, you, Jesus, you did send Jesus to prepare a place for us in heaven. But, Lord, you, you sent Jesus. You sent Jesus to prepare a place for us right here. Every day. Just like, just like when Corey and Allie had to move and you, you saw that they had to move and they have three babies, so you just made a place. That's the way you want to do for every one of us. You want to make a place. You want to make a place of comfort for us. You want to make a place of freedom for us. You want us to be free from sickness and disease and poverty mentality. You want us to be free from every stronghold of the devil. And that's why you gave us a covenant. I thank you, Lord, that from tonight on, because of, the, of this word that you have given us, that, that the light... Uh, the light will begin to shine on the darkness in our life. And Lord, I just ask you right now with, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, if there's any place... Of